0: What about your thought life? And I want to answer that this morning, from the book of, of Book of Romans, and from the book of Second Corinthians, and from the book of Philippians. What about your thought life? You know, there is a sobering verse in Proverbs that says, "As a man thinks in his heart, that's what he becomes." As a man thinks. That's what he becomes. So there's no way way you can realize how important your thought life is. Now, there's a verse that we're going to put on the screen called, it's Philippians 4.8. And this verse, Paul is coming to the close of his writing to the Philippian Christians. And he's told them to rejoice in the Lord, to be gentle, to be kind. But then he said, finally, brethren, this is what I want you to think about. This is where when you let your mind go, I, this is where I want you to go. And he told us what to think about. So I want us to read that together out loud. We're going to read it slow. But I want you it's right there on the screen. All right, can you see it? All right, let's begin. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's some very positive thinking. It's so easy to get negative thinking. It's so easy to get critical thinking. It's so easy to get thinking that does not build you up but tears you down. And so it's like Paul said, but let me, let me tell you what now, if it's true, if it's honest, if it's pure, if it's lovely. You know, after Adam and Eve sinned, very rapidly as the fall of uh, Adam and Eve to, into sin, the mind of man became depraved. As I was thinking about this, shortly after man, Adam sinned, the human race began a rapid decline, and I want you to notice what happened in Genesis chapter six verses five through eight. Now, now look at what the Bible says. I mean this, this hadn't been that many years. it says then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Listen at this, and that every intent of the thoughts Of his heart was only wicked, was only evil continually. Notice that. And every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And then it goes on and says in verse 6 And the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, birds of the air. I am sorry that I made them, but look what it says in the next verse, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you realize that man's thinking became so wicked And his thinking that led to such wickedness that God destroyed everyone on earth except Noah and his family. You know, that was an awesome and I might say awful judgment of God on the depravity of the mind and the heart of man. And so evidently, it is very, very important what we think. Now, the Bible calls, uh, the mind, the Bible calls it the heart. Let me tell you, the heart, I think, is the soul of man. And the soul of man has three parts. Mind, thinking. Emotions, feeling. And will, choosing. So a part of my soul is the capacity to think, thinking, feeling, and choosing. And so the Bible has much to say about our thought life. And so that's why I'm asking you the question, what about your thought life? What is it like day by day and week by week? The first thing I want to point out is this. In Romans chapter 8, It talks about our minds. It talks about the carnal mind, that word's fleshy, carnal. That's where we get the word flesh, carnivorous, a flesh-eating animal. The carnal mind, and it talks about the spiritual mind. So on the screen, you're going to see Romans 8. And and there are nine verses I want us to look at, and, and it'll talk about what a carnal mind is. And it would be a good question to ask you, yourself, am I carnally minded? And then it'll talk about spiritual. You say, well, am I spiritually minded? And those are very, very important questions. For example, it begins by saying, you notice the scripture here. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. All right, it goes on to the second verse. He said, There's no condemnation to those who are uh, in Christ Jesus. Then verse 2. He goes on and says, The reason there's no condemnation is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. I want you to look up here. There, were, there was a law operating In every person who was lost. It operated in my life. It operated in your life. It's called the law of sin and death. Before we were saved. Before Christ came to live in us. And change our lives. We were living under the law of sin and death. And sin produced death. But. And and so here's that law of sin and death. But Jesus came. And in that verse, it says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Oh, here's another law. There's the law of sin and death, but there's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Well, what happened? The law of the sin of uh, of life in Christ Jesus delivered us and enabled us to overcome the law of sin and death. Before we were under the law of sin and death, but Christ came into our heart. And now the law of the Spirit, capital S of life, in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. So, so in Christ, we're not living under the law of sin and death. We're living under the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. All right, go on to the next verse. For what the law could not do, the moral law of God, and that it was weak through the flesh. God said, this is the way I want you to live If this is my law, we couldn't do it because of the law of sin and death. We had a sinful nature. We couldn't keep the law. The law of sin and death is operating. But what the law could not do in his weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son into the world. So God sent Jesus into the world to get us out of the law of sin and death. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh. Look at the next verse. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, this is what he said. He said, look, before Jesus came, died on the cross and fulfilled the law of God, you were living under the law of sin and death, but Jesus came and died on the cross in your place. He overcame the law of sin and death, and now The righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled in us who walk in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So he's saying, listen, when you're saved, you're no longer under the law of sin and death. When you're saved, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. But then he starts talking about our thought life. And I want you to look at the next verse, what he says. For those who live according to the flesh, they're lost. Or, at that moment, they may be a backslidden person, but we're going to just say, let's talk about laws. For those who live according to the flesh, they're carnal. They're living under the law of sin and death. For those who live according to the flesh, put their mind, oh, on the things of the flesh. A carnal mind, a a, a person who uh, lives according to the flesh has a fleshly mind. But look at the rest of that verse. But uh, those who live according to the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in them, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. So here's a, here's a carnal person. They're under the law of sin and death, and their mind is on the things of the flesh. Here's a spiritual man or woman. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set them free, and they have a spiritual mind, and they mind the things of the of the Spirit. All right, go on to the next verse. Then it it tells you what results in. Now, don't miss this verse. For the, to be carnally minded is death. If a person is living under the law of sin and death, and they are carnally minded, they are fleshly minded, guess what it produces? Death. To be carnally minded is death. But here's a person who has the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in them. Look at what it says about that. To be carnally minded is death. I, this is where I want to live. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. My soul, that's what everybody's looking for. They're not running around looking for death, but they're looking in the wrong places. And the carnal mind just leads to choices that leads to death. But the spiritual mind The very mind of Christ that is ours, when Christ comes to live in us, the spiritual, person who's spiritually minded has life and has peace. Then he goes on and talks about the next verse. It says, now I want you to look at this. The carnal mind is enmity against God. A carnally minded person doesn't know it, but they're opposed to God. A carnally minded person is in rebellion against God. To be carnally, but the carnal mind is enmity against God. Look at the rest of that verse. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. A person who is lost and who is carnally minded, they are not going to put themselves under the moral law of God. No other gods before me. Don't take God's name in vain. Don't honor your father and mother. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't. They're not going to put themselves under that. The carnally minded, the carnal mind is an enmity against God. And it's not subject to God's law. It won't won't place itself under the law of God. It's, it's, It's not subject to the law of God, but indeed not can be. All right, look at the next verse. But those who are in the flesh, so those that are in the flesh, carnally minded, they can't please God. See how important your mind is? Carnally minded cannot please God. Look at the next verse. This is what he says to Christians. But you're not in the flesh. A Christian can get in the flesh. And if you say that's not true, then you're not being true to the word of God. But getting, falling into the flesh and allowing the flesh to operate in your life can happen. But it's not your lifestyle. It says, for to the believer, you're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. So you're going to think different. You're going to think different. You're not going to be carnally minded. Your mind may go and you, you may think some things that you shouldn't, but that's why, where you are. He says, you're not in the flesh, so you're not going to be fleshly minded and you're not going to have death. It says, you're not in the flesh, you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not of his. All right, here's the foundation. You're either carnally minded and it produces death. It is in rebellion against the law of God and against the word of God. You're either carnally minded. That's your pattern and lifestyle, or you are spiritually minded. The carnal minds under the law of sin and death, the spiritual mind has the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So it defines clearly the carnal mind and the spiritual mind. But I want to show you two verses that will really help you to show you that you can think right. You can think right thoughts. You can be spiritually minded. You know where it is? 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. Now I want you to look at this. Now, you know, let me tell you something. I know this much. Everybody in this room, we all deal with our thought life. We all deal with it. And if our thoughts are led by the Holy Spirit, and, and if, if we're allowing the Spirit to control our mind, our thoughts are going to lead us in the right direction. And glory to God, there's life and peace. But man, if you get to operating in the carnal mind, it is only, only, all it's going to cause is death and enmity and strife. So there's such a battle in this world to be spiritually minded and not to be carnally minded. And the Bible says the key to that is that a Christian has the mind of Christ. Did you know it says that? All right, look at verse 14. Now, natural man is a person who's not a Christian. All right, he has the nature of Adam. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You can talk to a person who's lost about spiritual things And they will have absolutely no understanding. Man, you're talking about loving God. You're talking about the presence of God. You're talking about the forgiveness of God. You're talking about the Holy Spirit leading you. You're talking about how God blesses you. And you talk about how your life revolves around Christ. I mean, you might as well be talking about you just went and walked on the moon. They they don't understand it. It says here, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Look they're foolishness to him have you ever wondered why people when you start talking about spiritual things they just get turned off and say man you know you're weird you know you're one of those religious nuts i don't mind being a nut if i'm screwed to the right boat i don't mind that at all it says here the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god they're foolishness to him for he cannot know them Because they're spiritually discerned. So I understand why lost people don't understand. And only God can open their eyes. Only this Holy Spirit can illumine their mind. But he will. But look at the next verse. But he who is spiritual judges all things. A spiritual person not only understands the things of God. But he's able to judge all things. Yet he himself is judged by by no one. Now, this is the verse I want you to see. But who has known the mind of the Lord? Who really knows the way God thinks that he may instruct him? But we have. Now, you need to listen to We have the mind of Christ. We have a spiritual mind. Christ has come to live in us. And I'm just telling you what it says. We have the mind of Christ. Christ in us, it's his way of thinking. His way of thinking is not carnal. His way of thinking is spiritual. And so therefore, we have the capacity to think right thoughts because we have the mind of Christ. We have a spiritual mind. All right, now with that understanding, then let's go on and talk about what's very important, and that is the battle for your thought life. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. I want you to look at this now because all of us have, have trouble with wrong thoughts. If you say, Brother Fred, I never have any bad thoughts or wrong thoughts or sinful thoughts or critical thoughts. If you tell me that, I say, you are flat-lined like a dog because <laughs> uh, you just lying. Because if I could tell you how many bad thoughts came into my mind every day, you'd lock me up somewhere. <laughs> but you know, that you've got to understand the thought is not itself is not a sin. Because if you have the spiritual mind of Christ, you can be discerning and you won't let those thoughts control you. All right, so it says, look at verse 3. The battle is for your thought life, y'all. It's for your thought life. That's where you're fighting every day. It says, Though we walk in the flesh, I got a physical body. We do not war according to the flesh. We're fighting a battle, but we're not fighting a fleshly battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle. All right, look on at the next verse. The weapons of our warfare, heavenly days. We're not only in a battle, but we've got weapons. It's a war. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. But they're the weapons of God. These weapons we have are mighty in God for pulling down the strongholds. We have the weapon of the Word of God. We have the weapon of the Holy Spirit of God. We have the weapon of the presence of Christ in our life. We have the weapon of the blood of Jesus. We have the weapon of of a spiritual mind. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. Now, here it is. Look at this verse. Casting down imaginations, reasonings, and argumentations. He said, you know where this battle is? A lot of imaginations come in your mind. A lot of reasonings come into your mind. A lot of argumentations. He said, they are thoughts that come into your mind. And with those weapons of God, the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the blood of Jesus, says the we, it says, casting down imaginations. Here is an unholy thought, an unrighteous thought, an ungodly thought, a critical thought, a destructive thought. What do you do with it? The Bible says, you, by the Spirit of God and the blood of Christ, cast down that imagination. You have a... Spiritual mind, you cast down that imagination. Look at the rest of that verse. Every way of thinking that is not true to God. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What it's saying is, those imaginations that are of the flesh, you cast them down. But every way of thinking, that is contrary to the nature of God. Every way of thinking. That is contrary to the word of God. You, you cast it down. Cast it down. Don't let that way of thinking. Stay in your mind. If it's contrary to the word of God. And the nature of God. So cast down those imaginations. And every way of thinking. That is not true to God. And true to his word. And true to his nature. And look at what it says. Look at the rest. Bring every thought. Oh, he says, you capture your thought, and you bring it to Christ. And if it's a spiritual thought and a godly thought, Christ says, well done. But if it's not a spiritual thought, he says, cast it down. It says here, you bring every thought. You say, I didn't know what I thought about was so important, Brother Fred. It's a matter of life and death. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Oh, it's a matter. Oh, what are you talking about? He says, you have a spiritual mind. So therefore, when, a, when imaginations and thoughts come into your mind that aren't godly, you cast them down in the name of Jesus. And when there's a thought pattern that gets in your mind that is contrary to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ, you you, you, you cast it down. Let me tell you what you do. You test every thought by bringing it to Jesus. You bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And if Christ says, no way, no way, man, you get that out of your mind quicker than it ever got in. If he says, okay, then you go ahead and think about that. I'm going to tell you, thoughts lead to choices, Choices lead to acts. Acts lead to habits. And habits become strongholds. But it all begins with the thought. And so I asked this question at the beginning of this message. Well, what about your thought life? I mean, I'm talking about you. What about your thought? Have you been carnally minded? Or have you been spiritually minded? Those way, thoughts that come in that are not in keeping with the word of God? Have you been casting them down and bringing them captive? Let, let me tell you, it's it's such a subtle thing. And, 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 and it's such a battle when, when you're dealing with your thought life. You, you've got to be aggressive. You've got to, be aggra- you've got to cast them down. You've got to bring them. Ca- you've got to be aggressive in your thought it's life. Now, remember this. The thought itself is not a sin. It's what you do with it. The devil put three sinful thoughts in Jesus' mind. One, he said, command these stones to be made to bread. Jesus refused that thought because it was not God's will for him to do that. And he cast it down and he quoted a scripture, said, men shall not live by bread alone. He tempted Jesus to do something to feed his soul and make him famous. Jump off the temple, the angel, Jesus refused that thought. It was not godly. It was not God's way of thinking. He told Jesus that if he'd fall down and worship him, he'd give him all the kingdoms of the world. Jesus refused that thought and said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. You say, well, brother Fred, the very fact that I have that thought, it disturbs me. Thank God it disturbs you. It bothers me. Thank God it bothers you. But the thought itself is not a sin. It's what you do with the thought. That's why he said, cast it down. That's why it said, if it's not in keeping with God's Word, cast it down. And every thought you have, you put it to the test. Does it please Jesus Christ? Are you being obedient to Christ? You know, you can refuse the thought. You can replace it with Scripture. And you can pray the other way. Now, let me just show you how this works. Sometimes... These thoughts will come into my mind about an individual. And I say, you know, I, I don't have bad, I don't have good thoughts about them. And I, I may be just thinking, well, I, I don't like the way they act. I don't like them. I don't like to be around them. They get on my nerves. Do y'all ever have the, no, y'all, you're too spiritual to have those kind of <laughs> thoughts. I ain't going to worry about that. But, I, I, but you know, I, I, I can't do that. I say, wait a minute. I don't receive that I refuse that I love them in Jesus name and I pray for them and see if you let those negative thoughts about people come into your mind and you let them stay there it'll begin to influence the way you treat people and the way you respond to people well brother Fred you don't understand I'm just human oh yeah you are but you're not just a human you got the mind of Christ and you got the spirit of God and you can't think like a human. A lustful thought comes into your mind. You you know, you're flicking through the channels. I want to make a recommendation. Throw that thing away. Just watch one channel, okay? Now, by the way, our Christian television program, starting the first Sunday in February, guess what channel it's going to be on? Channel 10. Don't matter what cable you own, what planet you own, whatever it is, (laughs) channel 10 at 630. So that's going to be good. And then we're on WBHR. That one out of Florida at 9.30, so it's going to be much easier. But let me tell you something. So, you know, what is it? Why don't you just leave it where it's at? But no, you flick it and flick it. And then, oh, there's something. And God says, you better keep on flicking. And you better keep on flicking. You shouldn't even be flicking anyway. And it puts a thought in your mind. And you say, I cast that down. That is not in keeping with the word of God. And that is not pleasing to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Thoughts come from everywhere. Thoughts, wrong thoughts about people, wrong attitudes. I mean, they just come. Lustful thoughts, immoral thoughts, ungodly thoughts, lying thoughts, fearful thoughts, just fearful thoughts, thoughts of worry. First of all, they're not in keeping with the word of God. Jesus' mind, Jesus ain't worried about nothing, and you've got the mind of Christ. So what do you have to do? You have to cast them down. You have to refuse them. You have to bring them captive to Jesus. You say, but Brother Fred, I just want to have an open mind. God help you if you've got an open mind. This world will fill it with garbage Lord, have mercy, you better have a closed mind. What do you mean by that? It's closed to anything that is not true to the nature of Jesus, that's not true to the Word of God. Now, which leads me to my last point, and it tells you what to think about. I'm so glad that he just didn't tell us to cast down bad thoughts and bring them captive. He said, let me tell you what to think about. I said, well, praise God. This is what I want to think about. So here's the verse. All right, it says, finally, brethren. No, go on past that. Go on to verse um, 7. Uh, all, right, now look, he, all right, verse 8. Now, look what he says. By the way, I love Paul. He would say, finally, and then he'd go on for 15 more minutes. <laughs> so, finally, brethren. I'll be through in 15 minutes. Finally, brethren. All right, now, here's what he says. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, I'm going to define every one of them. Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if it's it's anything that's praiseworthy, this is what he said, meditate, meditate, think on these things. Now, I looked up that word true. Whatever things are true. Real, genuine, honest. It's what I'm thinking about. Is it is, is it real, or is it just an imagination? Is it just a false fear? Is it real? Is it genuine? And uh, is it honest? Whatever things are true, you know that's that's why I I, I never have been able to get into. Uh, these sci-fi movies where everything's weird, people coming from another planet and all that kind of stuff. That to me is not real. Oh, you say, brother Fred, I know it's not real. Well then what are you thinking about it for? And then he says, whatever things are noble. Do you know, that's a word, you know what it means? If, if it's a noble fault, it's a quality. It's qualities in people that you admire. That's a noble person. That was a noble thing. It's qualities in people that you admire, such as honesty and generosity and courage. If it's noble, something that you admire in an individual or what you would want in your life, that it's honest, it's generous, it's courageous. All right, look at the next word. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just. You know what that means? Whatever whatever agrees with what is considered morally right and good. It's just if it agrees with what is morally right and good. So, I'm thinking about something and hey, it's morally right, it's good. Keep on thinking about it. I'm thinking about something, it's not morally right, and it's not good. Well, quit thinking about it. It says, whatsoever things are true, and whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, think on these things. Look at the next one. Oh, by the way, if it's just, it's building people up, and it's not tearing people down something that is just, it is building people up, treating people a way that is right and good. Then he says pure. Now, whatsoever things are pure, how do you define pure? How do you define it? Well, here's one way. If something's pure, it's clean, and it's not harmful in any way. You say, that's, that's pure. It's clean. It's not harmful in any way. That helps me kind of get a grasp. I know what something pure is. Uh, it's not a mixture. But as it says, no, if it's clean and, uh, and not harmful in any way, all right, if it's pure, listen to this. It does not contain anything that doesn't belong. If a mixture is pure, it does not contain anything that does not belong. And so when we think about pure, it's clean and it's right. It's clean and not harmful in any way. And it does not contain anything that does not belong there. Whatsoever things are pure. So whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. It's a lovely day. What does that mean? She's a lovely lady. He's a lovely man. It's a lovely experience. Well, I'm going to give you a real deep definition. Lovely means it's very good. Lovely means it's very good. It's likable. It's very good. It's lovely. It's very good. It's likable. Now, so what am I going to think about? If it's true, if it's noble, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, it's very good. It's likable. Look at the next one. If it's a good report. I remember when I was growing up, it'd be time for a report card. And somebody would say, did you get a good report? Yeah, I did in everything but conduct. I didn't do too good in conduct. The co- unpardonable sin in my family was to make a a C in conduct. One time I got above it, but the rest of the time I failed. I wasn't bad. I just loved to talk. Can you believe that? <laughs> Can you? <laughs> Lord have mercy. All right. What's a good report? Let me tell you. You need to think about a good report. It says here, information that builds up and does not tear down. So if it's a good report, it builds up and it doesn't tear down. It encourages and does not discourage. I want to give you a good report. It's going to build you up and not tear you down. I want to give you a good report. It's going to encourage you and not discourage you. So you see, what Paul did, he took general terms and said, if it's true, if it's noble, if it's just, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's a good report, then he said if there's any virtue in it. And you know what virtue means? Morally good. Morally good behavior. She is a virtuous woman. Morally good behavior. He is a virtuous man. Morally good behavior. That is a virtuous act. Morally good behavior. If it has any virtue, morally good behavior and character. And here's the last thing. If it's praiseworthy. Okay, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is noble, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is good, report, if there's any virtue, and if it's worthy of praise. If it's worthy of praise, then just think about that. You know, those words are kind of hard to get a handle on. But you kind of know when you're thinking about stuff that isn't true and it's not noble and not just... The, the, your mind just says that's not. You don't need to be thinking that way. You don't need to be thinking that way. And so, let, let me ask you a question: How are you doing in your thought life, boy? I tell you, I have a battle with my thought life. I believe the closer I get to Jesus, the more the devil tries to beat my mind up. And, and don't don't you get tired of battling bad thoughts? Whew, I do. I'll be so glad when I get to heaven. All I'll ever have is pure, lovely, virtuous, good. hallelujah for good thoughts. But i tell you what, I am not going to receive them. I am not going to let them take up in my mind. The birds can fly over my head, but they can't build a nest in my hair. I am not going to let those thoughts stay in my mind. And you better not, because if you do what you think, you become. And if you let bad attitudes and bad thoughts about people build up in you, you're going to get where you don't like people. And there's just one problem with that. The great commandment is love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. You said the world wouldn't be so bad, Brother Fred, if it was one for people. You are a people. Don't you know that? You're one of them. I'm one of them. Don't let your thought life influence you from loving people. Did you get it? Don't let your thought life cause you to go down any road that is not morally pure and morally acceptable. Do not let your thought life justify anything that is a lie. A good friend of mine is in serious trouble today. He's a godly man, but he made a, a wrong choice and somehow in his mind as he thought about it, well, I'll, I'll make it up with the next one. And he began to justify. He should have said, that thought is not of God. It does not in keeping with the word of God. I will not go down that road. And he could have stopped it right there. But as long as he let those thoughts come in and began to say, well, it'll work out. Knowing that it wasn't right. He got in trouble. All he had to do was realize, I can't take that thought to Jesus. And he'll say, it's okay. Please. Don't let your mind just run away with you. Don't let your mind just become an open window for all the world, the flesh, and the devil wants to put in it. Guard your mind. Guard it. Guard it. And read this verse every now and then, whatever's true, whatever's pure, and just be sure that you bring your thoughts captive to Jesus. And I'll tell you, what if you start thinking angry thoughts about a person what if you start thinking unkind thoughts about a person? Or oh, all I'm saying to you is this. The devil can't get you if you don't let the thought in. If you don't let him in the door, he can't get in the room. So it is very important that you read regularly Second Corinthians ten three through 5. Put that verse somewhere you visit regularly. Put it up on the place where you brush your teeth. And I hope you brush your teeth regularly. Put, put it up there. Or put it on the refrigerator. You know what I mean. Right over the freezer where there's bluebell ice cream. Put that verse up there and read it every time you get a dip of, of bluebell. Any place is important, put verses of Scripture that will remind you to keep your thoughts pure to be spiritually minded. So you will have life and peace. And when I'm not spiritually minded, I don't have life and peace. I'm, I'm bad shape. So I don't want that. I want life and peace. Amen. Okay. Be spiritually minded and you'll have life and peace.